When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast, powered by the War Report. Guys, as always, it's your boy Mike G here with my guy Auburn Means, ready to talk a little Auburn football. Auburn takes on the Vanderbilt Commodores in Nashville on Saturday. We're here to talk about it. Means, Auburn won their first SEC game last week. Vanderbilt is still in search of their first SEC win the Tigers are on a mission to stop that from happening. Uh, initial thoughts on this one, man. Look, the season has been rough. Auburn opened the SEC with what was it, four straight losses. They are one and four in the SEC so far. So they opened with Texas A&M on the road, lost, lost a close one uh, to Georgia at home, suffered a loss to LSU, a blowout loss at LSU. And lost to Ole Miss at home, finally getting the win against Mississippi State. But now they have Vanderbilt on the road, and they are not good. <laughs> Is there any way you see Auburn losing this one? Can Auburn lose this one? Is this a losable game? I mean, by technicality, any game is a losable game, but I don't see any real way that Auburn loses this for a few reasons. One, half that stadium's under construction. It's their homecoming weekend. I forget what they call it. It's it's not homecoming, but it's some like, you know, alumni weekend or some some variation of the word weekend in it but the i just don't feel like this is going to draw it's a three o'clock central game there's a lot of so i did a lot of research on this because a lot of people are freaking out like oh they got auburn for homecoming and i sent a tweet about i I sent a tweet out about this over the summer and then i resent it earlier this week just for the topical nature of it but Ole Miss, unlike us, uh, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, unlike other schools, doesn't do your conventional like cupcake game for their homecoming. They typically just schedule whoever they have for the week. It, we'll put it this way. The weekend activities for the alumni and the students are much more important to them than the football. That may not come to a shock to anybody. So in the past, they skipped it for COVID in 2021, but they did Ole Miss last year. They did Missouri in 19. They did Florida in 18 and UGA in 17. So it's not exactly like 
I think a lot of people saw this game as like a slight against Auburn. Like, oh, Vanderbilt thinks they can beat Auburn. Like, no, Vanderbilt does not plan things around football. That has never been their MO for everything. This is a very, very, very prestigious high and academic university. That's how they operate. But they do concerts and all sorts of networking and alumni and fundraising events. Like it's a big fundraising weekend and they do a whole lot of different things with these alumni. So it is not surrounded around football. Football just happens to be around that time. And yeah, people will kind of trickle over there for that. But the capacity for that, I mean, it's going to be like 8A numbers essentially for the crowd. I forget exactly who said it. Mm. I think somebody said this was going to be the smallest crowd that Auburn would have played in since like the 50s. Yeah, not a very intimidating environment. It's going to be like a scrimmage environment, right? Yeah, so I just don't see how this... Yes, it is away, and I mean, the team does have to prove what they can do away, even seemingly in the least hostile away environment ever, so maybe that kind of gets gets their confidence up. But this this is a Vandy team that has not won since Alabama A&M, which was the second game they had of the season, and I believe they played... Did they play Hawaii in Week 0 this year as well? Um. Yes, they did. Yeah, they won that game. Um, they won that game. We looked at the schedule before we started recording. Uh, they played Hawaii in week one, won that game 35 to 28. Uh, so that was at home. No, what Hawaii week one? Out. I think it was like I think it was like week zero, wasn't it? Oh, well, yeah, technically week zero. So August 26th. Yeah. They played that so game. So technically, I mean, they haven't won a game since early September. They even lost that one to Wake Forest and UNLV. And I mean, that UNLV game was close. I forget what the spread of this team was for Vandy. Is either two and a half or three and a half for the year. Mm-hmm. They did beat that last year, and it doesn't look like I don't think they're beating Auburn, South Carolina, or Tennessee, especially on the road. So don't know how they're going to do that this year. But I mean, really, Vanderbilt hasn't been, as far as SEC goes, they haven't really been in any close games. I mean, forty-five to twenty-eight Kentucky, thirty-eight to twenty-one Missouri. 38-14 Florida, 37-20 Georgia, and then 33-7 Old Miss. So this team is not putting up massive numbers. Home or away, it doesn't really seem to matter too much. So I have said, and I will continue to say, I think Auburn beats the spread, which even went down to 12.5 points recently midway through the week. It was, I think it started at 13.5. So I think they beat it substantially. I think you were kind of on the same page. I think they beat this Vanny team by 20-plus points. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, what they do here. Uh, uh, Last week, people called me crazy when I said that Auburn would win by two scores. Um, Now, I did have them getting into the 30s. The game flow didn't really dictate that. I feel like they could have scored in the 30s if they wanted to, uh, but they only had one possession in the third quarter. Now, last Monday... Somebody asked Bruce Pearl, or this past Monday, I should say, me. Somebody asked Bruce, not Bruce Pearl. God, I just watched basketball last night. Somebody asked Hugh Freeze um, about Auburn's second half struggles offensively versus Mississippi State. And memes. Oh, man. He had some feist in him. He said, I didn't think I didn't think it was an unfair question. No, personally, it definitely wasn't an unfair question. But, you know, he kind of went on a rant about how. But one in hindsight, though, Justin Ferguson did ask that in the postgame presser or about that in the postgame immediately following the game. And then um, I, th- I think I forget the guy's name exactly. Jacob, Jacob Goings. Jacob, Jacob Goings. Goings asked right. Yeah, it. I think he's with ESPN 106.7. Yeah. And so, I mean, look, Free said, let's talk facts here for a second. Let's have an honest conversation is what he said. 
We only had one possession in the third quarter, and he listed off Auburn's starting drive positions in the fourth quarter. There's three of them. I mean, it was deep in their own territory. He said, up two scores. I wasn't about to risk the game trying to be, quote-unquote, aggressive. Because if he had done that and Auburn had lost the lead, they, everybody would have criticized him for that. I, I don't disagree with him. I, I think he's absolutely right. Um, but I, I guess my question to you is, it looked like they solved their offensive struggles to some extent in the first half versus Mississippi State. Uh, how much of that do you think is going to carry over to this game? I uh, means I, I know I have sounded super negative about Auburn's offense all season, but I've been right almost every single game. And I'm going to tell you this. I think that that game in the first half had more to do with Mississippi State being a terrible team more than it had to. Because if you looked at it, they didn't really do anything different. They still won quarterback the whole game, just about. Um, they brought Robbie Ashford in for, I think, two plays. Um, mm-hmm. And they kind of just executed better things they've been doing all season. Uh, they and, and they played with a little tempo at times when it was appropriate. But for the most part, the concepts were the same. Uh, Vanderbilt is equally as bad, which is why I expect an equal, if not better, result. You know, yeah, what do you think? Does this carry over? Does this carry over? Is anything we saw against Mississippi State real? Is it an indication that Auburn is getting better on offense? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the coaching was better. I mean, they they chose to air the ball out early and often. They set Thorne up with some early throws. Game 26 throws. Right. I mean, so it's not like Thorne gets to go out there and pick when he's throwing and when he's passing or what he's doing, what he's not doing. I mean, this is a situation of he's getting signaled, he's doing what they tell him to do. And I mean, in games past, he'd been floating around the low teens in attempts. And even with the Ole Miss game, that was only really because of garbage time that he even got there. If not, they'd have been in the single digits for him and Robbie both. So they obviously either it was planned prior, it was Hugh Freeze getting involved, or maybe that they saw something during the game, then they decided to open it up. I don't know. Don't think we ever really will know the answer to that question wholeheartedly. But regardless, the results are more important. I guess the ends more than the means, and they did it. They got Thorne established early. They let him throw some easy balls, let him and the receivers get some get some rhythm, get some confidence. And that's why I've been I mean, begging for this for weeks. Hey, just do that. Start it early. We're not talking big bomb plays down the field, but just something to kind of warm the engine up so then you got it ready to go for the entirety of the game rather than having to pull it at crunch time when everybody's kind of sitting there cold, like, oh, now we're wanting to do this. And they did it. And yeah, I mean, that's a coaching thing. So, I mean, that's absolutely different because, well, it was. And the results were different and the results were better. And couch coach perspective here, it just looked like it made a lot of sense. So don't know how or why it did. We're happy to see it. Hopefully this gives them some momentum to do something similar against Vanderbilt. And I think ideally this Vanderbilt game, this is very much a low reward high risk type game. So, I mean, if you beat Vanderbilt, Hey, Vanderbilt's bad. You're supposed to do that. You lose Vanderbilt or you have an ugly win against Vanderbilt. The sharks are coming. There's blood in the water. It's going to be bad for Auburn. So this is one of those deals where they're, I just don't see them wanting to get out here and get too fancy. So maybe the, maybe they will just keep it right around the spread and maybe they're just going to try to keep it on the ground 
get out of there as quick as possible, keep everybody healthy, rest, go into Arkansas. Because if hmm. you can go into Arkansas and take care of business, I mean, that 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 would really be the big game. And I mean, that's going to be the defining one. We had just no clue. Florida this weekend will be very telling for, I think, what, what Auburn will be having to expect. Yeah, it's Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. Look, look, okay, let's 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 talk about Auburn a little bit here. Okay, um, let's go. Uh, uh, it seems, or our guy Nathan King over at two four seven, uh, shout out to him, reported that Vanderbilt is going to be playing two quarterbacks on Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, AJ Swan, I think, started this, the season as a starter. He got hurt. So Ken Seals and Walter Taylor will be splitting time. Uh, Walter Taylor is a redshirt freshman. Um, they used him similarly to how they've used Robbie Ashford in like a package quarterback kind of way. Uh, but then the last game, he ended up taking over and finishing the game as quarterback. Uh, we're not too sure what approach they're going to take to the quarterback position here. Uh, but Auburn has their own quarterback situation that they've looked at. Now, Hugh Free said that they had a plan to use Robbie and Peyton God, and you know they decided to stick with Peyton. I am calling cap on this. I think that they plan to go with Peyton more in this game and uh, gave him a chance because in the in the pressers after he said he talked to Peyton. And he said, it's put up or shut up time, right? And I get trying to say the politically correct thing in front of the media, but usually they tell themselves later. Um, I don't think you have the put up or shut up conversation with him unless you're giving him an actual chance to put up or shut up. (laughs) So uh, it seems Peyton put up in this one. Uh, Do we expect more of the same? Does, Does Robbie Ashford's role diminished again against Vanderbilt? I don't. I don't see. Apologies, phone ring. Yeah, uh, I don't tell him I want pepperoni on my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't see how it makes any sense to do anything different. I mean, we have said for weeks and weeks that the two quarterback situation wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Give one guy a chance to do it, and yeah, ride with it. yeah, yeah. And that was kind of. I mean, that was always the. I mean, that was always the deal of Robbie Peyton. Doesn't matter. Just pick somebody and go. Finally did that. Mm. And I I think it's good they finally did that. So now we can just go ahead and dust our hands of that and just move on. So, I mean, I hate it because I think it – and here's just kind of talking on – kind of playing, playing both ends of it. But you have the deal there where – it kind of felt like, all right, they they did the rotation system for the toughest stretch of the season, which you're like, all right, well, you're setting them both up to fail there. And then when things get a little easier, where it seemed like, all right, well, the playing field should be a little bit more leveled for both quarterbacks to kind of show what they can do. You almost feel like the rug gets yanked out from Robbie and he doesn't really get to show it. And I'm sure there was some frustration from him around that. And you saw the Instagram story, saw the picture of him just looking pretty upset on the sideline, which is fair. He's a competitor. He wants to play. But at the end of the day, there's a big debate about, you know, is amateurism dead and all the money and the, I mean, football is so much less about the sport and more about it as a business deal. And at the end of the day, they did what they thought was best to win and Mm. not single player can play. And, you know, I don't, I'm not a coach. I don't really have an opinion on this. I'm just kind of saying, I'm just kind of giving the thousand foot view of kind of how it looks from the outside looking in. 
I don't see why it would logically make sense to go away from something that was working and go back to the thing that wasn't working. I don't see how that would, I, I don't see how to explain that. If Robbie's yeah. playing the amounts of times time against Vanderbilt, it's probably because Auburn is up quite a bit and they're just letting them close the game out and get those. I'm not even say garbage time minutes. I mean, it may, may, may be more than garbage time. It could be, a significant amount of minutes if Auburn does yeah. what they need. Yeah, unless he's completely ineffective for some reason. I mean, we haven't seen enough to establish a pattern, right? And some of that well, is the fault, fault I, of the coaching I'm not staff. Giving a, I'm not giving a half a football to say Peyton Thorne has turned the corner. Right, yeah. I'm just or, saying. You know, like, not against a, a Mississippi State team like that. No, there's a lot more for me to be like, Peyton Thorne's the guy. I mean, you, you you did well against a bad team. Congratulations. Why don't we do it on the road, and why don't we do it against better? And really. I'm going to say this. I don't think Jerry's going to be out in Peyton Thorne unless he does against Alabama. Because this Arkansas team, I think, is going to be dejected. It could be good on the road. You yeah. know, you Mexico State. I mean, Bama's going to be the real two te- true test. And-, and you don't have to win it. And you don't have to win it. You just have to play well enough. Remember Mac Jones in 2019 versus Auburn? Like, Auburn yeah. won that game. But Mac Jones threw for, like, almost 400 yards and four TDs. Yeah, yeah two I mean, if you take the two, If you yeah. take the two pick sixes out of that, obviously Auburn loses that game. But then it was like, oh man, he got torched. But the problem is, is it about it doesn't, about doesn't matter how many yards you put up. If you throw two pick sixes, that's gonna especially those. Yeah, I'm, lose I'm the just game. saying. I'm just saying. When I the feeling I had about Mac Jones after that game was, damn, they found another quarterback. Yeah, that sucks. Right. We're yeah. hoping that was the. <laughs> yeah, right. So if you're Peyton Thorn, this can be somewhat of an audition for next year. I think. I think that Mac Jones solidified himself as the starter the next season with that game. And I yeah. think if you're Payne Thorne, you have to be thinking, this is your last chance to kind of audition to be Albert's starting quarterback next year, right? Like, because given how, you know, the, these first, what, seven games have gone, I mean, what do you think about that? Can he, can he have a bad performance in the Iron Bowl and come back and expect to be Auburn's starting quarterback next year? Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not ruling anything out behind coach logic, so I'm not going to say 100% because who knows what they might be thinking. But, you know, if, if is Philip Montgomery moving on, is he retained? There's a lot of feelings that he probably won't be retained. But, you know, like I said, not going to get into that. That's just, you know, maybe a little too much on the rumor mill for right this second. But there's a lot of factors that go into there. But as Peyton Thorne, you got to control what you can control. You can't control if Philip Montgomery keeps his job. You can't control if the coaches go out there and get another quarterback. But what you can control is how well you play. And if he goes out there and he lights it up, then all right. It took a little bit longer than we hoped, but the light is on. This is a guy we think we can really develop through next year. Now, if he comes in and just lays an egg these next few games, especially against Alabama, I don't see how anybody logical, coach, fan, or whoever can look and say, all right, this is the guy we can roll in next year with feeling like we got some confidence. So right, that's because, all on Peyton Thorne's deal. That's, but, in his, right. that, that, that's in his lap. But yeah, because essentially at that point, you would have laid an egg against almost every quality opponent you had on your schedule. This is not about wins and losses. I'm stressing to everybody listening. Not about whether they win the game. It's about how well you play in the win. Now, the coaches have to take some responsibility for the QB shuffle that has led to some of that inconsistent performance. I don't, I don't think you can have this discussion without at least acknowledging that. But there have been plays in front of him that he's had a chance to make that he has not made. They brought him in here because supposedly 
he would make those plays where the younger quarterbacks would not based on his experience. And, um, you know, that hasn't happened. So if you want to say his play is a microcosm of, of all the dysfunction that we've seen on offense, I can buy into that, certainly. But I also think there was a certain floor you expect him to hit as an experienced guy who started every game for two years at the Power Five level. Um, and he hasn't hit that here yet, uh, and particularly against the good teams. So uh, it's the SEC. There's going to be tons of good teams. It's not going to get easier next year. Uh, they have a harder schedule next year than they had this year because you got to throw Oklahoma in the mix. Um, you've got, you know, uh, these teams joining the conference. Uh, the, the divisions are are going away. So, look, um, if we take a look at Auburn's 2024 schedule, I'm going to pull it up real quick here. Um I think they're still missing a uh, like a cupcake game, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the first game of the season they have not scheduled yet. Uh, we took a look at that. And we're just like, yo, who the hell are they playing in week one? Uh, but look, uh, they've got 11 games on the schedule so far this year uh, for next year. Um, you've got what it looks like a surging Missouri team. Um, you've got Kentucky. You've got Georgia. Um, you've got Vanderbilt, which is a cupcake. You've got A&M, OU, Arkansas, Al- Alabama, and you still have to play Cal. So we saw the performance versus Cal. Uh, uh, They have yet to play Arkansas yet, but you've got Oklahoma, Texas, Georgia, and Missouri, and Alabama, five quality opponents sitting there. Plus you have another Power 5 team coming, so you got six games. you mean Texas A&M? Yeah, Texas A&M. Did I say Texas? Texas. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Texas A&M, right? Um, And you've got Cal coming to Jordan Air. So you've got six games there that I think, you know, if you're Peyton Thorne and you're Star Quarry, you got to win like half of those games, mm-hmm. right? To kind of justify being the starting quarterback with as much experience as he has. Now, if you're not going to win at least half of those games, then you're right back where you were this year. And you may have missed an opportunity to develop a young guy who is actually your future because I think he only has one year of eligibility left after this one. So, um, these this next stretch, I think, is very important to his football future here at Auburn. Um, now, I'm not sure what his eligibility situation will be if he decides that he's not going to stay at Auburn. I, I know he has graduated or he will graduate. Um, so you talk about Peyton? Yeah, yeah. I think he will graduate. He may have a graduate transfer in his pocket. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that one. But uh, ultimately, these these next few games will be important to his football life. Uh, here but, at Auburn. And that's the other thing, too, that kind of goes into this as well, is the quarterback the quarterback class for the in a, in a COVID year has a lot to do with this because there's a lot of upperclassmen because they didn't give out extra scholarships, which debate for another day. But there's a lot of upperclassmen quarterback in this draft class, Bo Nix being a perfect example, who got that extra fifth year because of COVID. So it's a pretty stacked quarterback class. So there's going to be guys that are fringe that are like, hmm, do I really want to risk maybe going fifth round or below? Mm-hmm. Or is it better to come back, maybe transfer up, get a whole lot of NIL money and be a little bit more, have a spotlight on me a little bit more the next year? And that's going to be the conversation you're going to start seeing a lot come out over the next few weeks because we are in November getting into transfer season. So is Auburn going to be at a place where they say, hmm, do we do we want to go out and try to get the new shiny toy? And then the thing there too is if Peyton Thorne does, we'll say he does well enough in these games, do, does he potentially scare off a quarterback? 
Because that's the thing about it is there, and that was sort of some of the chatter with Robbie Ashford is there were some guys that were a little wary. He's like, well, why do I want to come in here when this guy started two thirds of the season? You know, and not not necessarily maybe having a full grasp of the situation that was going on there. But I mean, that can happen too. Is if you're a transfer in, like, are you really wanting to transfer and compete against an incumbent, or are you trying to? have a fresh slate and that that's yeah. going to be kind of the interesting debate. And I'm not necessarily saying, Oh, they're going to, tri- they're going to process them out. But do you look at the quarterback room now and just say, Hey guys, we're going to get the best transfer we can get, you know, make your next decisions accordingly. I don't yeah. know if they will or won't do that. But like I said, I mean, this is a business. And if you're looking here and you're making all the millions of dollars, these coaches are doing, and these guys are making NIL money. I mean, you got to, you, you can't necessarily care about people's feelings. I know it's tough because you know everybody wants yeah. to believe the happy go, the, the feel good side of this, and the, yeah. the Auburn family. And these are Auburn men, but at the end of the day, like business is business, and if business you don't think business. if you don't think you can win with these guys, then you got to tell them we got to get somebody in who can do it. And if you could beat yeah. out the next guy, great. But if you can't, you got the opportunity to go somewhere else and play. Maybe think about taking it. I mean, that's a harsh reality, and nobody likes to hear that. But the 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 sport in the last few years is pivoting slowly to NFL light more so than it was college football of a decade plus ago. Right, right. Um, well, look, speaking of winning, uh, I think we both agree that Auburn is going to win with this one. The question is by how much we do this every week. We give our score predictions. Look, you've, you, and rightfully so, you have, tooted your own horn on your boss toss and loss. But, sir, yep. I yep. submit to you that I will toot my own horn on being right about these score predictions every week. I told people LSU would hang 40-something on Auburn, and they outdid me by three points. I told people about Ole Miss, two touchdowns. They did it. They won by 14 points. Ole Miss did. Now, I told people... Now, Auburn would win by 14 points. People called me crazy. Vanderbilt is here. Sir, I I ask you, good sir, what is your prediction for this game? I know Auburn wins. What's the score? Well, first of all, I've been pretty I've been pretty tight on some of these score predictions myself. Just want to say. Have you though? <laughs> yeah, I I had I was off by I think I said uh I think I said 24 to 17 for Mississippi State last week. Uh, it was okay. 13, so that's about a field goal each direction, roughly. All right. So it's pretty good. The scrimmage last night, I said 69 to 97. Y'all, dude. Have we moved on to basketball already? Are you doing that? Don't do that. I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm just telling the resume play. here. Just hit <laughs> okay. the resume. I, I, I was within, I was fairly close there. So I'm just saying, like, I've been pretty close with the predictions, too. All right. And I, I didn't have it as big as you did, but I think I said teens to 30s for LSU. So I was like, right, you know, I'm just saying. We both, we both been on it this year. Yeah, the, fair enough. The famous that famously put Cal in the toss. Yeah, Eminem, baby. <laughs> but let's go <laughs> to Auburn bit. Vanderbilt here because that is where we're at. What's your score? What's your score here? Well, let me put as a score. So I'll say some quick matchup predictor numbers. So the advanced stats, according to ESPN, their matchup predictor has Auburn at an eighty-four percent chance to sixteen percent for Vandy for win loss. CFB graphics, which they do a, a very good, I retweeted it and see it on the profile. They do an advanced stat preview of the game. They got a whole bunch of numbers on there, way too much to get into for the episode. But just for this, they have it at uh, 70. This one had it at a 
percent chance of Auburn winning to a twenty three percent chance of Vanderbilt winning. I'm rounding up slightly their okay. fractions, but you don't know, have to worry about that. No respect at home, none. So, I mean, short of disaster happening, you don't lose those games unless it's like I said, some type of disaster, steal, or crazy weather, and none the of that's line, happening. The line is twelve and a half. It's twelve and a half, and they're looking at about a fifty point total. So that would have it roughly around like a 19 to 31 point game. Now, obviously you typically don't score those kind of numbers in football. That's kind of some weird football numbers. I earlier in the episode said that I think Auburn wins this more. I think Auburn wins this by greater than 20 points. So I'm going to say I originally was saying Vanderbilt 13. I maybe even be to, I'm still going to, I think I'm stick to it. I think I'm going to say Vanderbilt 13. I think I'm going to say Auburn. Maybe like 34. Mm. So okay. I think Auburn's going to get four touchdowns and maybe two field goals. Look, man, you're trying too hard to be like me. I need you to try less hard to be like me. All right. I, I dig that. I dig that prediction. 34-13 is what you're saying. Yeah, I think Vanderbilt will get a touchdown. And here's the thing about it, too, is... 19 point, 19 point? Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt might be able to get, like, something in garbage time. And who knows? Maybe they'll get two touchdowns, and that's why I kind of thought, well, they can get two field goals or two touchdowns would be relative there. They might get something in garbage time if Auburn just puts in the backups and they just start slinging the ball and just doing whatever to get whatever late in the game. But overall. I think they're going to keep Vanderbilt out of the end zone for the most part. And the only reason I would say Auburn wouldn't score more points than that, and I was still a little nervous about going there, is like I said, I think they're just going to try to eat up clock and get out of here. Hugh Freeze okay. has shown that he's not trying to really send any message. You know, Gus early on, Gus would try to blow these teams out. You know, Gus like to mm-hmm. kind of puff his chest and, put, you know, like think Purdue 2018. Hugh has not really shown at this point now that that's what he's trying to do. I think it's much more for him just – get the W, get out and survive. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do try to keep it, play it slow, don't run a lot of tempo, just eat up clock if they don't need to, Mm -hmm. and just get out of there, at least win by double digits. So then you're not, oh, maybe kept close to Vanderbilt. But I think if he wanted to, he could really about about near name his score to this game if they came in with their foot on the gas. But I don't think they're necessarily going to do that. Uh, All right, I dig it. Look, um, I called this one earlier this week. Uh, 35 to 10. I'm sticking with that. I can't see Vanderbilt scoring a lot of points in this one. Ron Roberts defense has been fantastic. All things considered uh, with time of possession and things happening on the offensive side. I can, I expect them to continue that. And I, I can't see either one of these quarterbacks very, being very effective against the secondary. Uh, if you're going to make them one dimensional, I, I, I think they're going to find scoring on this defense difficult, uh, which will provide enough opportunities for Auburn on offense to Finally break the 30-point mark in Power 5 play. Um, uh, We're going to break for now, but be back next week to talk about what happens in the aftermath of this one. Auburn will win, people, by how much and what we'll be talking about after. We'll be back next week to talk about that. Um, I'm your boy Mike G here with my guy Auburn Memes. Follow him on Twitter at Auburn Memes for the dankest memes on Auburn Twitter. We're signing off, and as always, where are you going? Where are you going?